Good afternoon, planet Earth. Good afternoon to the sky people and the people of the sewer systems of the major cities. They're down there, you know, the chud. Good afternoon to the horse riders and the pilots and the captains at sea. Good afternoon to the submarine people. <laughs> they live a life, don't they, down there someplace? It is August the 19th, 2022, right around 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time here in the great state of Utah. But if you're listening on shortwave radio, WRMI, Friday night, right around 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on 5850 kilohertz... Then this would be the Planetary Status Report, and if, and if you're interested in the notes for this podcast broadcast, the notes are available at planetarystatusreport.com slash WRMI. Pick the right date, and that would be Friday, August the 19th, and you'll find the right notes. But time is broken. Time has been shattered. The human flock heads eastward towards darkness. <laughs> yeah, anywho, um, like I said, the notes for this podcast broadcast can be found at planetarystatusreport.com slash WRMI. That's planetarystatusreport.com slash WRMI. And you can get the notes and read the notes. And that'll tell you a little bit more, won't it? That's if you have the interweb. Some of you live up in the mountains and all you got is a shortwave radio, a chunk of silver, and a sharp knife to cut off pieces of silver buy bread and cheese and lager at that local house nearby that, you know, but you're still out in the deep woods. And so you don't have the internet, and so all you have is radio, and radio, <laughs> yeah, it got killed by the video store. The first topic is related to radengineering.tech. That's radengineering.tech. Justin and I started on this project um, about nine months ago, more like eight months ago. And, you know, there have been good days and bad days, but we're both committed to a number of things, but one right now in particular. 
and that is you know transmission and reception of digital information over shortwave and CB radio. And we haven't given up on this. Um, because I have a full-time job now, and Justin does too, we don't have the same amount of time, but I just want to give you an update on what we're doing. Um, obviously, we're both trying to settle into our jobs, and, you know, Justin really likes his, but it takes him, you know, up into the woods about half the month. And I'm settling into mine, but um, the, the reality is the better I do at my job, and the more I commit myself to it, the less energy I have for podcasting, for example, or other projects. That's just the simple reality of it. I wish I were 20 years old or 30 years old, but I'm 52. And um, at this point in my life, I have so much I can produce in a day. And, and then there's just the simple fact that with whatever time I have left in the day, I have a question mark, and that is how should I spend it? And, you know, some people would say, well, you should spend it doing productive things, Dan, like, you know, creating things. And, well, maybe. Maybe I should look off into the darkness and say, I'll write a poem. Maybe I should sit in a rocking chair and read some Shakespeare. Maybe I should start a business selling yogurt. Maybe I should convince people to start drinking more milk or, you know, eating less cheese. Yes, eat less cheese. Eatlesscheese.com. Your farts will be nicer. One of the projects we're doing right now um, here at the house is we're trying to set up a continuous listening station for a JS8 call. I've been mostly monitoring 40 meters and I've been using an SDR radio with a basic kind of sound card input that was relatively inexpensive. And so far it's been working out. I'm using a Delta Loop antenna and it's on an east-west orientation. I think probably starting next week I'll, I'll shake that up a bit. I think the next paycheck, I'm probably going to get another radio to set up another listening station here so that we can be monitoring potentially either 20 and 40 at the same time. That's 20 meters and 40 meters. Or, just as interesting, monitor 20 and 40 but using the delta loop, do it on different axes like east, west, north, south. Stuff like that. Shake it up. I don't know. We'll see. But we are doing that. We're also not giving up on the system. But the reality is, you know, the system wasn't quite there yet. And we got people really excited before a lot of stuff was even tested. And so, you know, we've had to, um, we'd ha we've had to give our only customers back their money, which is the right thing to do. And they've gotten back their money. And I, I feel good about that. But the fact is, um, you know, I kind of wish we, uh, I don't know how to put it, I kind of wish uh, we could. We had the resources to just commit to this full time. We just, you know, we don't. Um, we live in the real world, and in the real world you have to pay bills. And I think if you're out there paying bills, you know what I'm talking about, brother, sister. But we are going to continue. 
So if you're asking yourself, are we giving up on the RAD terminal? The answer is no. Are we giving up on the notes application? No. I am probably going to be rethinking it in terms of how we deploy this on the systems, but the answer is no. Um, are we potentially going to dig into JS8 call source code and maybe do some deeper work to extend it, potentially create another version of it, maybe create modules uh, using it uh, that would be accessible in Python? These are things that could happen, but working a full-time job, they're not going to happen that quickly. Um, and I've said this, and I don't know how else to put it, I am capable of being 90 days optimistic at this point. Roughly three months out, I can be kind of optimistic. But beyond 90 days, even with this new job and all its fancy capabilities and the family truckster laptop that has two power supplies and, you know, can have up to almost 70 gigs of RAM and flashing lights that go off periodically that could cause a seizure, but they don't. So, yeah, um, despite all that, I can't really tell you 90 days out what you should be prepared for. I, I don't think you need me to tell you. Live your own life, you know. Live this life, be happy with it to the extent you can be. You know, I, I would say that Justin and I aren't giving up on rad engineering because it's one of those things where we're getting to do stuff that we enjoy even if it's only in bits and pieces, even if we only get to do a slice here, a slice there. Uh, I have come to realize that if implemented right, JS8 call over something like CB radio could be an organic and completely independent of the system social network. It could. It, it already kind of is. If you monitor JS8 call, you already have people out there communicating with each other and sharing information. And you could say, well, it works more like email right now, but that's just because really of the client and the basic design concepts that went into it. But it could very easily behave like a Twitter. But this Twitter would be one where it would be pretty much impossible to ban you. And um, that's a positive, if you ask me. Anywho. So that's what I want to say. We'll go to the next topic here. We don't have infinite amount of time, infinite amounts of time. As I mentioned, it feels like time is a bit broken right now. You check clocks, you check your watches and your phones. You check the time in New York City and they say, well, Dan, it's 6 p.m., but here it's 5.55. Somebody stole five minutes or somebody gave it back. Where'd the time go? Where time is broken. There's a clock in the universe that measures time by the second. It's a clock that makes sure that everything happens on time. But when that starts falling apart and people start forgetting to wake up in the morning, they forget their heart doesn't beat. They forget how to love. They forget how to live. They forget how to breathe the way a child does being chased by a tiger.
So I was feeling kind of lonely yesterday and I was on Zero Hedge and this pop-up ad pops up for Amore Feel, amorefeel.com. There's a link in the notes. And here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. The choicest targets for a grifter are the lonely. Now, I got to tell you, the choices targets for a grifter are the lonely. This isn't really original, but this is very true. And if you happen to be a lonely person, this is when you're at risk, okay? This is when you're at risk for being taken advantage of. This is when you're at risk for some website where you go to the website and, and they're going to fall in love with you and they won't care that you're 900 pounds overweight and, and, you know, they're sexy and beautiful and they have fantastic jobs and go on adventures, you know. But you got to pay for credits. I mean, you get some credits for free. And that's what I would say about Amorafield.com is they give you some credits for free. And I think that's kind of nice too, isn't it? But it's the sucker you in. You know, here's some free credits to talk to some quote-unquote women. So in the notes, I have the dialogue, and I'm going to read it, some of the chat dialogue from Amorafield.com. And if you're asking me, do I think any of these people are real? No. That's why when I gave them my name, when I put in my, my name in the system, I didn't say Dan. I said Dirk. Because really, my alter ego, if I'm online and dating and living that sexy party, yeah, going to clubs, clubbing type lifestyle, it wouldn't be Dan. It would be Dirk. Dirk. Dirk's the name, you know? Dirk's the name. I'm Dirk. So Anna says to me, do you celebrate Thanksgiving this year? And I say, no, I celebrate, celebrate the festival of Grawl. And Anna says, how that going? Great, we harvest the shungo grease next week. Is that at your place? Is that at your apartment? It sure is. What else are you doing for life, Dirk? What else makes you happy? I'm working. How is work? Good, fine, you. Me too. What are you doing today? Chasing bungo flesh. <laughs> Chasing bungo flesh and ungudulating my frigger rash. Is that hard? Yes, real hard. Describe your greatest achievement and most impressive failure. Now, this was Svet, Svetlana. Svet, Svetlana. This isn't Anna. This was a completely different made-up person on a Murfield.com. Svetlana. Describe your greatest achievement and most impressive failure. Well, my greatest achievement was hunting the wild eagle bear of Mount Dinctus. This was also my greatest failure. It chased me down the mountainside. I fell off a cliff, broke my leg. My bone was sticking out through my kneecap. I had to suckle on my marrow to survive. I married a raccoon, made it my wife. We had raccoon babies up in the woods. 
That was also my greatest failure. I was a terrible raccoon father. Oh, hello. Have you got Vonderlust? Yeah. Yeah, Svetlana, when I've been doing cocaine. Was it great? Where were you when, when you were getting high? I was being chased by cops, Svetlana, while I was doing the coke. Did you run down or, or get away with it? I always get away with it, baby. All right. Do you still take coke? Does it affect your life somehow? No, baby, I've been doing meth more. Meth and angel dust lately. What is angel dust? What's angel dust? It's a love enhancing penis grease technology. You use the dust to imbubulate a woman's bubula. It's a love enhancing jelly. It comes out of your drink dish. It boils like the sun and turns your woman into a heaving power, a pleasure machine, a swamp of sweatiness. You've imbubulated her. That's great. Yeah, yeah, Svetlana, that's great. So no, I don't recommend going to amurfield.com um, if you're really lonely because you run the risk if you get suckered by it when you run out of your few credits to say a few messages to these humans that call themselves humans, you're going to have to pay for credits and they don't look cheap. In fact, it looks like a person could easily spend hundreds of dollars a day just pretending to have relationships with people because life is that painful. So... I don't know. And you know what? I probably, if you're going to do that, maybe you shouldn't say things like you're into crystal meth and angel dust. Maybe if you're dating actual women, you shouldn't say stuff like that. I'm not, I would never say take you know dating advice from me, from me, primarily because I just don't really date that much. Um, there's just no, at this point in my life, what would be the point? You know, a girlfriend, huh? A girlfriend, having a girlfriend is almost like a gypsy curse. Yeah, almost like one. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. It's 2022 Bo Blimp Doc. If you're not a little paranoid, you're crazy. Now, I've had a few podcasts in recent months where I've tried to, to talk as vaguely as possible about some stuff that's been going on in my life. And the reason why I've tried to keep it vague is because I am not 100% certain that I know that this thing that I think is going on is actually going on. I think that it's possible that in this day and age, I've gotten a little bit paranoid. And I also think that it's understandable. It's not something that we should dwell in. I, 
I don't think it's good to let your paranoia get out of control. But at this point in human history, if you're not a little paranoid, I think there is something wrong with you. You know, if you're not a little paranoid, you're crazy. It's kind of like that. It sounds funny to say it that way, but it's not funny. You know, that what you're left with, especially with respect to the media, are a couple of very crappy possibilities. One of which is everything they're telling you about the reset, the new world order, the, the WEF, the Klaus Schwab crapola, everything they're saying about how you'll own nothing and be happy, everything they're saying about living in pods. I'll tell you, I've lived in pods. They're already here. Um, it could all be true. It could be. I mean, it could be that the some elite group of you know, completely terrible people are about to take over the world and they're going to shove you all in a pod and let you get your food from a tube. And, and every day you get two minutes of food from the tube. They measure the food by the number of minutes the tube is open. Maybe. Who knows? And, and you'll probably get two minutes on the toilet, too. You'll get two minutes of pooping because some kid, you know, wrote a paper, uh, yeah, you know, about social distancing. <laughs> But it's 2022. If you're not just a little bit paranoid, especially if you live in a big city, you're crazy. Next topic, um, or I should say another quote from Dr. Freckles. You end up an anarchist one of three ways. Books, bad luck, or both. What does that mean? Well, so first first off, if you think anarchism is the is equal to violence then you have incorporated every version of the anarchist that the government and the deep state and the bankers want you to have. You have all the bad versions, versions that do not apply. Actual anarchism is about peace, is about respect, is about freedom. And ultimately, it's about building a strong society from the ground up, not from the top down, because that's the only way it can work anyways, is from the ground up. But you don't always end up there um, through education because the educational system will tell you that the only way, the only way is to vote. You vote. You vote for somebody and then you give them ultimate power. That's what they'll tell you. Good government bullshit. And yeah, I just swore there. I don't know. Seems like that's a word that they use on the FM radio a lot, so I'm going to let that one slide. But no, it's a lot of crap. It's a lot of crapola. It's a lot of scatology. The stuff that they tell you about the allowed ways to change things. And the number one best way is to pass a law, to have lawyers and cops, to build jails, and now you're really cooking with gas. Now everybody gets an extra job. There's all kinds of broken windows jobs when you do it the good voter way. Anarchists are not opposed to using vote, uh, voting as a means of conflict resolution. What we're opposed to is using force as a way to solve problems. You, know, you, you shouldn't force people to do anything. You don't really want people on your side that don't want to be there. You really don't. I mean, of all the big mistakes you can make when you want to change something, 
Having people on your team that don't want to be there is about the dumbest effing thing you can do. So the argument behind, well, good government, social contract, make sure you vote, is based upon this idea that you can coerce people into being helpful, but you can't. Actually, coerced people are some of the least helpful people you're ever going to have on your team, ever, period. Coercion is not the answer. So you don't end up there through education, but sometimes you do. Sometimes you read some books, you read some Rothbard, you read some Mencken, you read some Bastiat, you read some books, and you end up, after reading a lot of Spooner, you end up calling yourself an anarchist. And sometimes, and this is really what happened to me, sometimes you read some books, but they're not really the right ones, and sometimes you go down a lot of bad paths, because in this kind of crooked society, there's more of those than anything else. And you end up an anarchist because you just get kicked enough. You get beat down enough. You get, you get sent down some psychological torture tunnels and you begin to realize that the particular game that they're telling you to play was never supposed to be about winning or even losing. It was always about control. And, and you decide you don't want to be kicked anymore. And you decide you don't want to be told what to do anymore. And you decide that, yeah, you can't really change the people around you, but you can change how you relate to them. You can change how you relate to the government. You know, I'm not going to magically make the government go away. And between you and I, it doesn't need my help at this point. The United States government, in my opinion, is in collapse. I'm sorry, it is. It may not appear that way to the average person, but to those of us who've read a history book or two, it's pretty obvious. So the, the U.S. government doesn't need anybody's help falling apart. It's doing a really great job on its own. Which, by the way, is why so many people are scared. It really is. Even the people who claim to be opposed to big government they're kind of scared because a lot of people on many levels are on the dole, so to speak. They're connected to the system. They're connected to it at a basic level. Anywho, sometimes you get to anarchism through study and through education. And sometimes you get there through bad luck. And sometimes it's both. It's a combo plate, which really is what it was for me. It was a combination of some bad luck and some learning. And eventually I ended up in the place I ended up. If you're a libertarian out there and you think you're going to put the crocodile on a diet, God bless you. You know, keep, keep voting, right? I don't think there's enough time left in the game. For anything that you would want to do through the, the system, I don't think there's enough time left to, for it to work. I don't. I'm, I've lived long enough and seen enough of these promises, especially from the Republicans, you know, contracts with America, you know, the whole 20, I think it was like, I don't know if it was 2014, but it might have been 2010. But the point is, all of these times where they tell you if, you, if you elect us, we'll stand up to Obama, we'll stand up to Trump, we'll do this, we'll do that. It's crap. It's just one layer of crap. But you know, if you're a libertarian out there and you think you're going to vote your way to freedom, there is just not enough time, okay? If there was a hundred years, there wouldn't be enough time, and there isn't a hundred years. That's what I would tell you. 
I have the I have a link in the notes, and the notes for this are at you know, like I said, the notes are at planetarystatusreport.com/wrmi. But I have some links in my notes to an article about this couple that got arrested for selling nuclear secrets. And and it might not have been on, you know, on the mainstream news. And before I go too much further, it might not even be true. I mean, that's kind of what I'm, we're going to talk about here in a second. Why would a story like this be planted in the media? Well, well there's a couple different possibilities. Um but let's talk about the story. It, it sounds like they were using over-the-ground over transport for their secrets. That's really dumb. It sounds like they weren't using any kind of encryption. That's really dumb. It sounds like they more or less chose the, the, the most idiotic ways to do the tradecraft of being spies. And you'd say to yourself, if this story is true, should you feel better? Because these are nuclear sub-engineers for the United States Navy, and they seem like idiots, like complete, total morons. They, they chose to do everything the wrong way. It's almost like they were sitting at home one night and they said, you know, you know, honey, we've run out of our cocaine. But we've got all those nuclear secrets sitting right over there. Could we turn those into cocaine, honey? It's like they were sitting in their living room and they'd said, Alexa or Siri, Siri, how do I take nuclear secrets and like send them to the enemy? How do I ship my nuclear secrets, Siri? Tell me, Alexa, I wanna sell some nuclear secrets. Please tell me what to do. funny too because you know amazon uh, amazon.com has a huge web services contract with the united states government with the deep state so you've got these ostensibly technologically savvy uh, u.s navy nuclear sub-engineers who are probably having these conversations around their phones and their siri and their and their alexa and here's some good advice if you're ever going to do something like this Step A is turn your phone off, put it someplace, and walk away from it. Because you don't want your phone anywhere near you when you are planning, working on, organizing, or doing anything like this, period. I'm not saying you should do this, but, you know, you need to leave your phone at home. You need to turn it off. You know, in the very least, you need to have it be doing something else. If you want to... Have your friend using it to like talk on Facebook while you're doing your thing, baby. But the one thing you don't want to do is be talking about your thing on the phone, sending text messages about what you're working on over your phone. And yeah, you probably don't want to be having these conversations around Siri or Alexa. 
So this story could be true. I don't know if it should make you feel any better whether it's true or false, because it really does tell you these nuclear sub-engineers are, are morons. But what if it's not true? Right now, there's a lot of chatter in the media about World War III. And it's all related to Ukraine. I, I remember telling you guys way back, I think in January and early February, that I did not believe Putin. I did not. And, and, believe Putin would make the incredibly dumb choice of invading the Ukraine. I thought it would be I thought it would have been dumb and even dumber would be to get involved into a protracted conflict there. However, I also said that if it is something that happens, you have to be careful. You have to like ask questions. Don't assume you're being told the truth. Right now we're being fed a lot of stuff that looks like we're being set up to believe that World War 3 is coming whether it's related to the Ukraine or the situation with China and Taiwan, we're being fed a lot of memes and a lot of information, quote unquote, about the possibility of World War III and more specifically about the possibility of a nuclear war. And it, you know, when I was young, when I was young, there was this thing called the Berlin Wall and it fell and the whole world rejoiced because the Cold War was, you know, over. That was the message of the early 90s. The Cold War is over. And then in less than a decade, in less than a decade after the quote-unquote Cold War was over, the U.S. deep state managed to get us involved in a multi-decade war in the Middle East and other parts of the world, the War on Terror. And yeah, I don't think any of that was real. I don't think any of that was random or accidental, but I also don't think I'm going to convince a lot of Americans of that because a lot of Americans need to believe, even the ones who say they don't like the government, they need to believe it is at least on some level, you know, trying to be helpful. If for a moment they suspected that it was a pure sociopath, a lot of them would jump ship too. I'm not saying they would become anarchists, but I think a lot of Americans would have more interest in their local government at that point than paying taxes to supporting or believing in a federal government that A, is doing a lot of immoral stuff, and B, it's in collapse anyways. It's falling apart. The great thing about a news story like this, about a couple of people trying to sell nuclear secrets, is it provides a kind of smokescreen. Because if there were some type of little nuclear war, little convenient nuclear war, a little bit of nuclear holocaust on the side with some pastrami, there would be survivors. I don't think they want to kill everybody. There would be survivors left over and they would want to know what happened. What's the truth? And you would have a limited hangout ready to go. Well, you know, the reason why our nuclear subs couldn't totally obliterate the enemy is because, hey, there were all these nuclear sub-engineers selling secrets to the Chinese and Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's the kind of story you plant to cover your butt especially afterwards. These are the kinds of stories where if, if people have been really thinking about it, I, I wasn't at the time because I still didn't really believe this government, this government was that corrupt. 
But if you'd been sensitive to the stories in, you know, mid-2001, the summer of 2001, if you'd been sensitive to certain stories, you'd realize they were planting seeds. Planting seeds about Osama bin Laden, planting seeds about Al-Qaeda. They were already preparing the ground so that when the thing happened, people would say, oh my gosh, we should have seen it coming. We should have known. You even had that woman from the FBI who frankly seemed made up at the time and still seems made up, popping into the world. Oh, I, I told them about the, the, the weirdos trying to fly, learn to fly Cessnas, but nobody listened to me, Bagimtop. It's because we don't share information. We need a new type of intelligence, Bagimtop. And yeah, everything was set up. Everything was set up to cover everybody's butt. Nobody could have possibly ever have known that these crazy people would fly these planes into the World Trade Centers and that somehow magically, <laughs> using less energy than required to melt, um, to originally melt and forge the steel, uh, disintegrated both buildings with airplanes. There was less energy in that fuel than was required to actually you know, form the metal in the first place. You need to wrap your head around a lot of dumb stuff to believe the story of 9-11. You really do. A lot of really idiotic stuff. So yeah, it looks like a setup story, a story that's put out there so that if there is... If there is a little bit of nuclear war in the near future and there's people left alive and you have people on the internet a year or so later when not everybody's covered in tumors and maybe McDonald's is open again selling bug burgers, uh, you need somebody with a podcast telling you the truth about how, you know, those Navy guys were selling the secrets. That's why the submarines couldn't fire their missiles or they were all sunk or something. I have another link in the notes, and again, if you want the notes and you're listening on the radio, just go to planetarystatusreport.com slash WRMI, and the notes are there. But I have another link about, you know, and, th and this one comes from InfoWars. It's about companies putting um, bug material, what, what's called cricket flour, into food. And again, I, I never knew there was a thing called cricket flour. When I was a kid, we had flour, but I mean, flour came from wheat mostly. And there's corn flour, and I think maybe even there's rice flour. But the point is, we had flour when I was a kid, but it, you know, it came from wheat. kid, our flour came from wheat, not crickets. Yeah. I don't want to say too much about it. I, I will say this. Right now, the, the news is useless if you want to make any rational decisions. It really is. It's like this article about these this naval couple that sold secrets. I think it's a BS article, but it still doesn't help you. I mean, you have to draw a lot of conclusions to, to infer what I inferred from it. So it really is kind of just useless information. This stuff about the bugs, 
it could be true. It's a lot like the whole, you know, Klaus Schwab thing. I think the reset is another kind of military psychological warfare operation. A lot of other people think it's some roadmap for the near future. I think it's designed mainly to keep a lot of middle management people at their jobs until the last freaking minute. It's really not designed to screw ordinary people that much. It kind of does screw with people because it's creepy stuff, but the main target audience are the people who are being told, stay at your job, stay at your post, stay as chief of police, stay as the mayor, stay as the governor, until the last minute while we get to our condos in Antarctica. I think stories about cricket flour, even if they're true, aren't really designed to do anything else other than to piss people off and to keep them angry and confused and immobilized. And if you ask me, that's been the main PSYOP message since March of 2020. Mostly stay at home, mostly stay angry, mostly stay confused, and turn on each other. But the bottom line is, don't really do anything. Okay? And make sure you wear your coffee filter if they tell you to. The time of Sklobon armies is upon us. Indugliate the Fordics as they wander the Trestle Kingdom looking for owl grease and cherry pie droppings. Man the turnip cannon and leave your whiskey lover dying in that ditch. The one where the rats feed on the dead and the dying. That ditch right there, just leave your lover there. That's America now. You walk your city after dinner and wine with Christy the Stripper. You shared cocaine in the alley after killing that homeless person and then tossing his body in a dumpster nearby. And the chalice queen hums her ditty. And the Brandon eats ice cream and poops a little in his undies as Secret Service make chicken noodle soup. And you ask me what happened to America? Ask the strippers. Throgon whale herders weld the great mast to your starship. The solar sail unfurls as hooker sailors cover their bodies in moist turtle smear and weak-smelling mushroom compost. Jinctus freaks wander the hallways of your hospitals. They dispense the Roxy. They hand out the ketamine. 
they make sure the old dead rat burgers are fed to the Jorgen hordes that are dying of monkey herpes and monkey pox and monkey crabs. The milk turns yellow. The corn turns to dust. The amber waves of grain are smithereens. And you ask me what happened to America? I ask you, baby, what happened to rock and roll? I met the demon Zinder in Little Saigon, Seattle. He had no time for my ape-like sentimentality. He wanted to know more about Bond products and reverse vampire credit default swaps. He had a Visa Gold card with the black card limits and the titanium benefits. He had one of those Magnesis cards, an official Billy McFarlane Fire Festival FEMA tent. He had 100 expired MREs. He was a demon in search of a lover. And the nuke subs had trans clown story hour. And the Air Force dug holes. It was all they knew how to do now. And you ask me, Mother Jorker, what happened to America? Tell me, where did the Velveeta come from? General Milley drank Cantilly wine with Sergeant Grumbo. They looked upon each other with lust, so they both ensclunctified themselves in pear juice and diesel fuel. Colonel Chan of the 4th Ching Chong Chinese Army formed up in Vancouver, B.C., The troops had fried rice and rat brains, while the officers made love to hippie gingers, ravaging the emo of Canada. Stinker craft carrying cluster bombs strafed and burned old New York, even Soho and Scompton, down to Greenwich and Tingdon Town, murdering thousands of gizzard princes and twinks. And you ask me, what happened to the USA? And I say, wow, baby, what happened to Popeye's chicken? General, is that the beastress? General Cahog looked out upon the battlefield near Philly. He saw the lesbian Greece armies and the woman, womanly love oil shock troops all dressed in G-strings and Hooter waitress t-shirts, the pain of monkey crabs written on their faces as tiny little creatures crawl down their legs to the next victim. Yes, private, them be the she-demons who took over Vegas. Call forth the wolf hawks. Because you said what happened to America. And I wonder what happened to Nicolas Cage. Would you want your kid to fight for Cheeto Love Prince or Black Rage or Brandon? Would you want your kid to die for the Canadian geese types and the blue helmet butt drones? 
Want more refried maggot juice and Norman Borlaug-style diabetes? How about that Gulf of Mexico? Something's growing down there. But you're wondering about America? And I'm hearing the tremors of Sodom's ghosts rustling under our feet, searching for gumptus nectar and turquoise missile fruit. You can't hide in faux shizzle junction. Your mind will break when you move onwards to Delta Charlie's new style whiskey taco stand and get a triple whip burrito with vodka sauce and honeydew juices from Scragus, the meat hag. Your own failure is the map. Your own failure is the way to deliverance on your corpse. On your corpse, your enemy will march. Your women and your families your dogs and your cats, your homes, your car, your craft beer, all of it, all of it is up for grabs now. And the swarthy dusky types from below are coming to take it. And you don't have to give it up. You fashion your own chainsaw swords and laser sides and seek Grundolord, Tigus, the unhindered and unabashed. But you still ask me what happened to America. Really? These? The Jinktus Crab Lords, they spent their time putting together controlled jizz cannons and old-style tornado condom holsters, all on sale at Target in the children's aisle, not far from the free suicide pills and the COVID-19 tests and the wearable coffee filters. Make sure you buy two. They hunker down in the filth region, eating cockroach burgers and drinking the rich man's unfiltered urine. China's doing okay, right? In the time of nuclear war, China's doing great. When the three-headed dogs rule the land, when the funkin' folk of East Side Hooli magic take their place upon the world stage, ruling sectors 2 and 77, this will be the signal to begin preparation. Ukrainian strippers live. Ukrainian strippers live downstairs and mix their crabs with mayo. And Zelensky's your hero. Really? The CIA has replaced Erdogan, the leader of Turkey, with a robot doppelganger named Sid. Sid is powered by a nuclear battery and has the power of 2,000 angry bears. His brain is maple syrup and silicon. Sid loves hard and fast like the magic warriors of Ventura Boulevard, like those friendly types that sell bread and apples near the on-ramp. Sid has pure electric love power. That's Sid. He's in charge of Turkey now. All things have become possible, but you ask me, what happened to America?
we are almost we are almost out of time for this, but we have I think we have enough time for a couple more topics. Um, here's a quote from Dr. Freckles: "Every joke is offensive. Just because you haven't found that snowflake yet does not mean they don't exist." That's Dr. Freckles. What does that mean? Well. A lot of people say to themselves, what can I joke about? What's off, what, what is off limits? Is it too early to joke about something that's a great tragedy? Is it too early to joke about something involving a lot of really terribly scary stuff? And the answer is no, especially when it comes to the government, when, they try to, when they're trying to scare you. About one of the worst things you can do is get suckered and went into one of their fear spirals, to one of their little tools they use to make you go, get into line. Okay, it's, it's kind of a Simon Says thing. It's a dog whistle. So I think jokes and humor and laughing at things, and I'm not claiming I'm any good at taking this stuff and making it funny, but I think trying to find some humor in a lot of these subjects is empowering and allows you to get beyond it, especially when it comes to the stuff we think is offensive. Now, does that mean there's nothing that is taboo? Well, I think there are things that are probably taboo. But it doesn't have to do with politics or religion, and it certainly doesn't have to do with the shapes of our bodies if we're adults or the color of our skin or stuff like that. I think that all that's on the table. Where you came from, where you're going is on the table. One of the reasons why humans joke about things is to manage trauma. We manage trauma by laughing at things that normally would freak us out and scare us. And listen... It, it can kind of it can kind of suck to be on the other side. It can kind of suck to be um, on the receiving end of something that people think of as being offensive. But the reality is, it's better if we're able to be okay with that than to simply give in to the fear, give in to the hate, give in to the immediate reaction. How dare you? How dare you say that about me? Because that is essentially the, the, the basic reaction. How dare you? You know? I make jokes about dumb people. You know why? Sometimes I'm pretty, pretty, you know, effing stupid. Okay? So I'm making fun of myself. I make fun of unhealthy people. You know why? I make fun of unhealthy people and illnesses. Because I'm basically a walking corpse, buddy. I make fun of societal chaos and decay because look around champ okay check your watch what time is it buddy i make fun of race and racialism and racists and especially danes because get a life i make fun of gender and sex because it's just kind of dumb and funny and for the most part we should kind of keep it to ourselves I mean, if you don't want people to laugh at junk issues, gender issues, what you do with your junk as an adult, then you keep it to yourself or you put it out there and some people will make fun of you and you have to accept that and just get over it. I make fun of religion too sometimes. And, and you could argue that sometimes I take lightly my relationship with God. Believe me, the Lord in heaven knows and he's keeping track. And I do try to make fun of everything else I can think of that would offend you or scare you or freak you out, especially if it's something the government wants you to stick inside your head. Some little piece of information that can only be toxic 
only be destructive, can only lead to you making bad decisions. I try to make fun of those things too. So if you're listening on the radio, this is 5850 kilohertz out of Miami Okeechobee. That's WRMI out of Miami. And this has been the Planetary Status Report. And with the time that I have left, I want to let you know that um, this was probably not the show I wanted to do this week. Uh, Work-wise, my attitude was a little bit shaky. And I, I still have got some things i got to get through as far as that goes. But you know what? At least we're back on the radio, right? And if you're out there, you can shoot me an email, by the way. If you're out there, you can shoot me an email at planetarystatusreport at gmail.com. That's planetarystatusreport at gmail.com. You can also send an email to Daniel Sullivan at planetarystatusreport.com. But the bottom line is you can send me an email if you want to. The blog is planetarystatusreport.com. All of the podcasts are available there with an easy, convenient link at the top. If you want to donate money, you can, but you don't have to. You don't have to donate. And so for Friday, August the 19th, 2022 Boblimtok, the time and the place and the now... It's Friday night. Go out there and and do your disco, baby. Be your disco self out there. Go find yourself a club and take your woman there. If you don't have a woman or a man, go fall in love. Go down the street to that bar and hang out there, buddy. You'll find your lover sitting on a bar stool there. She'll smell of cigarettes and whiskey, baby. But she will be your wife for the rest of your life.